Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Thank you, Lord, for coming into my life, for coming into our lives, Lord, for being God to us, for saving us, for redeeming us, for causing us to be born again to a living hope. We love you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to start in Psalm 107 tonight. This is, I was reading this psalm as part of my, my daily um, Bible reading and kind of struck me, so I'll go with it for just a little while. Psalm 107, verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Somebody say amen. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. And then it says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the adversary. And uh, I know a lot of people say, that when, it, when, when they say, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, well, that's what they say, we're redeemed. You know, they sing that song, we're redeemed, we're redeemed, praise the Lord. But uh, I really believe that, I'm convinced that what, what we're supposed to say is, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say that, or say it, you know. Declare that, that God is good, and his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. A couple months ago, I know when it was, a few months ago now, we started singing this song from Bethel Church. It's, it's uh, the goodness of sings about the goodness of God. And that song has hit me. I've been singing it for, for, for almost every day. It just stirs in me. It's been stirring in me for weeks. The goodness of God. And I guess what God is really impressing upon me, and I'm just being reminded over and over again uh, of his goodness to, to me in my life. And I just can't get past it. God, over the years, God has... has uh, Minister to me with a song very, very often. Every once in a while, a song will come along, and it'll just hit me, and it'll stay in me for weeks, and I'll just be singing it and singing it and singing it, and just really letting whatever that song says kind of kind of, really uh, impact my life. And the goodness of God has just been, just been a... Uh, just been touching me. I've been just thanking God over and over again of how good he's been to me personally. Because I, I, I know I was, I was uh, not a good person before I knew God. And I struggled after I knew God. But he saved me. He saved my marriage. He gave us, he gave us this wonderful children and a blessed family. And I sometimes, I, almost, I, I literally almost have to pinch myself and say, God, I can't, I thank you so much for what you've done in my life, for blessing me. Because many years ago, my wife and I, we were on the verge of divorce. 
she said, she looked at me, I mean, this is a long time ago now, but she looked at me and she said, I don't love you anymore. And I knew she meant it. And I, and I, I, was, I was torn. I was so torn because I was in the Air Force and I was getting ready, I'm getting ready to leave the country. I'm getting ready to go to Thailand. And she's going to stay in the United States and I'm going to Thailand. We're going to be separated. And she tells me she doesn't love me. And I thought, you know, what, what's really, I found out there was two things was going on in my life. First of all, I didn't see how I could live with, with we, we, we were always at each other's, we were fighting all the time. And I didn't see how I could live with her, but at the same time, I couldn't see how I could live without her because I still loved her so much, you know. And I was just torn to pieces. And then God came into her life, and eventually God came into my life, and he, and he, he restored everything, gave us three more children, and just blessed us, called us to the ministry. So I'm just so grateful for God for his goodness. I just want to talk about the goodness of God. I pray that every one of us would, could be able to say the same thing. God, I thank you for the goodness, for your goodness, what you've done in my life, for saving me, Lord, for drawing me close to you, for giving, for, for giving me new life in Jesus Christ. The Bible says over and over again, several places, that God is a good God. It's one of his chief characteristics. In 1 Chronicles chapter 16, it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. In Psalm 34 and verse 8, familiar scripture, it says, Oh, taste and see what? That the Lord is good. He is good. He's a good God. And Psalm 100 and verse, Psalm 100 verse 4 and 5 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Why? Why should we give thanks to him and praise his name? For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever and his faithfulness endures to all generations. You know, we, 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 we say that, we, we sing about it, and we, sometimes we, we recite that little, that, little, uh, what you, that little saying where someone says, God is good, and everyone responds all the time, and then they say, all the time, God is good. You, know, you do that. But do we really believe it? Do we really believe that God, God is good, and he's going to do, do nothing but good things for us? He's going to be good to us all the time. So what does it mean to be good? Or what is goodness? I was thinking, is, is it subjective? Is it a relative thing? Or are there absolutes? And I was thinking, if God is good, then what God says is good, and what God does is good, because he is good. He's the definition of good. So if we want to know what's good, and we want to be good ourselves, we need to use God as a reference. Not our family, not our friends, and certainly not contemporary culture today, because they don't know they don't know what's they don't know their their hand from their foot. But the Bible defines goodness, God's goodness, in two ways. First of all, he's his his character. He's good by nature. You know, if you if you if you're talking about an individual and you're saying that person is a good person. What you mean is they're most likely they're honest, they have integrity, they're kind. You know, there's, there's like those, those aspects about them. And that's the way God is. When you say God is good, his character is good. He's, he's a good God. But he also does good things. He's good because of what he does. In Psalm 119, it, it speaks of that. 
it says about God, it says you are, in verse, verse 68, it says you are good and you do what is good. The first half of that verse focuses on the fact that God by nature is good. You remember, remember when the rich young ruler came to Jesus? He said, what, 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 what do I do? What do I need to do to inherit in, in eternal life? Jesus said, you know, first he, come, he said, good teacher. He comes to Jesus, he said, good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, why do you, why do you call me good? There's no one good but God alone. And that's the truth. There's nobody good but God alone. We can try to be good. We can be good as we know to be. But only God is good. He's the one who's perfectly and eternally good. And it's his character. It's his very nature. But he also does good things. His actions are always good. He's never harmful. He's never abusive. He's never mean. He's never unjust. Everything God does is good. So we can't ever say that God has done anything that's not good because it's everything he does is good. And we're supposed to be like him, so we have to be taught goodness. In Galatians chapter 5, the Bible talks about the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, the character of, of Christ being developed in us by the Spirit of God. And one of those is goodness. God has to develop that in us because we're not, na we're not, we're not naturally good. God has to teach us. The Spirit of God has to develop that in us so we become more like him. So we become Gooder, if I can use that word. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 44, it tells us one of the things that God expects of us when we're good. Listen, listen, listen to what it says. This is a, it's kind of a tough scripture. But I say, Jesus, they're talking about walking in love. But I say, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, and do good to those who hate you, and pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. The Bible says we're supposed to do good to those who hate us. And we have to be taught that because by nature, that's not our nature. Our nature is to, uh, when, those, when people are bad to us, when they want to hurt us, when they, when they, when they want to, uh, when they hate us and want to, and want to hurt us, our first reaction is to avoid them and maybe even try to get back at them somehow, which isn't right. But that's, we, 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 we react that way because we're not inherently good like God. But God says we're to overcome evil with good because that's the way God is. And we, we call all kinds of things, we call all kinds of things good, but not everything is always as good as God. We say, we say that was a good meal or someone's a good mechanic and uh, it just means it's, there's, there's a talent there or something is, is appreciated but it, it, does, it doesn't refer to the goodness of God. When you ask people, when you talk to people about being good, So many people feel they look at themselves in their, and they look at their life and they feel that they're, that they're good. When you, the hardest thing sometimes to talk to somebody about the Lord is to convince them that we're not good. The Bible says there's none good, no, not one. When the Apostle Paul was trying to, <clears throat> was writing into the Romans, 
showing that everybody needs a savior. One of the things he quoted was from the scriptures. It says, there's none good, no, not one. There's none who wants to follow after God. There's none. So we need a savior. But people think they're good because they look around, they compare themselves to amongst themselves. We look at others, we say, well, compared to him, I'm just as good as he is, or I'm better than he is. And we, we justify ourselves. We don't want to admit that we need a savior. But God saw our need and sent Jesus Christ to the earth to, to make us good when we, when we weren't. God so loved the world, the Bible says that he gave his only begotten son. And it's the goodness of God, the Bible says, that leads us to repentance. When we come to understand our sinfulness, and we see that in spite of, in spite of who we were, God accepted us, God forgave us, and came and died for us, that we might be made one with him. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 21, it instructs us not to be, not to, not to be overcome by evil, but to overcome evil with good. And that's exactly what God did when he sent Jesus to sacrifice on the cross. He, became, he, he overcame the evil of sin by an act of pure love and goodness. The Bible is full of examples that demonstrate the goodness of God, his kindness, his mercy, and his love. And he even blesses those who don't deserve it, who don't, who don't believe in him, and, and dis, in fact despise him, don't even want to follow him. And he blesses them. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5 that he causes his son, God causes his son to rise on the evil and on, and on the good and sends rain upon the righteous and the unrighteous. So God blesses even those who don't, don't believe in him, even those who don't follow him. In Acts chapter 14, the apostle Paul was talking to the people at, uh, I, I think it was Laconia, and, and, he, and he said, talking about God, he says, he, he does good. He gives you rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. That's to the unsaved. God does it to everyone because of his goodness. How is God's goodness manifested in our life? Well, in Psalm 27 and verse 13, it says, I would have despaired unless I believed I would have seen the goodness of God in the land of the living. First of all, one of the ways that God is good to us is that he makes provision in our life. He provided a savior when we needed one. He provide, he'll provide for us financially. He'll provide for us physically in healing. He provides whatever it is we need. If we go to God and believe in his goodness, he'll do it because he's a good God. He'll give you whatever, he'll give you, whatever you need. When things don't go the way we hoped, when struggles and trials come, are we going to put our faith in a good God? Or are we going to get anxious and fearful and fretful? We have, to, we have to trust that God is good, that he's going to give us what we need. He's going to bless us and provide for us because he's a good father. What was the greatest need of man? The great, our greatest need was, was for a savior. And God saw that we were hopelessly lost, totally incapable of saving ourselves. So he came to earth in the person of Jesus and died for our sins so we might spend eternity with him. See, in Romans 8.32, it says, He, the Father God, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? So what he's saying is, 
If God went so far as to send Jesus to die on the cross, if he did that for us, how much more will he give us everything, anything else that we need? Because, he's, because he loves us and he wants the best for us. Instead of being anxious and fearful, we should thank God that he is a good God and he richly, and the Apostle Paul says, who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. So God is good to us by providing for us what we need. God is good to us because he's patient with us. You know, I look at my own life and I see how many times I grieve the spirit of God. There's a scripture in 1 John 1, 9. It says, if we're faithful and just to if, if we sin, if we're faithful and just to confess our sins, he's he's if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I, I was thinking, how many times have I had to do that? Over in the last, I've been, I've, known, I've been walking with the Lord for about 45 years. In the last 45 years, how many times have I had to go to God and ask him to forgive me for something I did or something I said, a wrong attitude, whatever? I had to go over and over and over again over the years. And we all have many, many times, every one of us has had to go to God and receive forgiveness in, in our lives. But he, he, never, he, never, he never throws up his hands and says, that's it, no more. He always forgives and he always forgives and he always forgives. He's so patient with us. He works with us in our weaknesses and draws us to his side. He, the Bible says that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. He'll work with you and work with us and work with us. He never gives up on us. I thank him for being patient with me. Oh, that men would praise. Psalm 107 and verse 8 says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works of the children of men. God is good because he protects us. How many times? Have we done things that are foolish? That could have, that could have cost our lives or the lives of someone else. And God protected us. I can think of numerous times before I knew the Lord, I'd be driving home inebriated. I mean, wasted. And I, I, I remember, I remember several times I was driving home uh, drunk. To be honest with you, and I would come to a place in the road, and it's like I'd, I'd look around and say, "Oh, I've come this far," and I don't, I don't. It's like I don't remember the last five miles. I don't, I don't know how I got here. I don't know if anybody's been been that place before, but I, I'd, I'd arrive somewhere and I'd think, I don't know how I got here. I could have I hit somebody. I could have done something really, really, but God watched over me and protected me. I flew airplanes for several years. I had a friend of mine, a, a fellow pilot, his name was Woody Matthews. I don't know if Woody Matthews is even still alive. Someone asked Woody Matthews one day, they said, Woody, what's your, what's your goal as an Air Force pilot? He said, my goal is that when I retire as a pilot, I have an equal number of takeoffs and landings, which means I haven't crashed. 
I got an equal number of takeoffs and landings. And I thought, that's what God, God protected me. I've had some, I had some of my fellow pilots die. When I was in, when I was in training for the 106 in Florida, one of, one of, one of, the, one of the guys in our class and his instructor, they crashed and they died. And God, but God protected me. Someone asked me one time, did you ever have to punch out of an airplane? I said, no, no, God always kept me. And there were some times where it was, was pretty, pretty intense, but he always was with me. He was always with me. And so I praised him for that. I praised him for watching over me and keeping me all these years. And I really believe that when we get to heaven, all of us are going to see times in our life, well, most, I won't say all, most of us will probably see times in our lives when we could have, when we, we could have died, we, something bad could have happened, and God kept us. So he, that's, that's, his, that's God's goodness to us, to protect us, to keep us from, to, so we can live a long life full of blessings. In Psalm, 1, Psalm 34 and verse 6, it says, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those that fear him, and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. So we often quote that Bible, that verse, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. But back up a couple of verses and, and see what it says. It says, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. And I believe the, the angels do. They protect us. They keep us. They kept me over the years and I, and I praise God for it. And God is good to us because... He guides us in our lives. In Psalm 143, in verse 10, it says, Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. God shows us the way we should live. He takes us, he takes us where we should. He leads us into the truth for our lives, into our destiny. It's my prayer it's my, it's my prayer for my family. When I pray for my family almost every single day, and I pray for my grandkids. And I say, Lord, I thank you that they'll serve you all the days of their life. And thank you, Lord, for leading them and guiding them into, the, into their destiny. Show them, show them the right way to go. Show them the path that they should take, Lord. Lead them and guide them into all the truth for their life. Let them find, if, if you have a spouse with them, let them find the right one. But thank you, Lord, that, you, that you're with them, that you lead them and guide them in every, in every, in every, in every aspect of life. A lot of people don't want to follow God because they don't want to surrender their lives. They want the freedom to live the way they want. They want to appease their appetites, you might say, and I'm not talking just about food. But they want, no, no matter what, what that may be, they want, they, want to do, they want to do what they want to do. But if we follow God, he's going to put us on the narrow road. We've been talking, a couple of weeks ago we talked about the, the broad road and the narrow road in Matthew chapter 7. And God's going to put us on the narrow road. Why? Because he knows it leads to life. It's, it's a bit restrictive. You can't do everything you want to do. But God is a good God, and he wants us to live forever with him. So he'll put us on that road in order to bless us so that he can bless us and lead us into all the truth for our lives. And when necessary, he disciplines us for our good because he's a good father. In Hebrews chapter 12, it says he disciplines us for our good so that we may share 
His Holiness. I heard someone, I heard someone recently say, "There's never been a time in history where the narrow, where, the, where narrow gate theology, you might say, the restrictive the walking with God, uh, not just doing everything you want, uh, being restricted somewhat in your life, but there's never been a time in history where this narrow gate theology, you might say, is more uh, out of fashion." than today. People on the broad road may achieve much, but their lives are empty. And they won't and they and they and they end up in destruction. So I I just want to give God glory tonight and say thank you, Lord, for being good to me. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness at work in my life. Thank you, Lord, for leading me and guiding me. Forgive me, my wife, my family, for blessing my life. Lord, thank you for providing for us, for protecting us, for healing us, for providing for us. Thank you for being the good God that you are. We bless you, Lord. And I pray that everyone here tonight will just be, will have greater faith in you, Lord, in all, in all that you are and all that you do as we ponder, as we meditate on your goodness. Thank you for your goodness toward us. Thank you that your mercy endures forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.